While many people thought Coach Prime in Colorado killed the spring game, there's an opposing view, and we'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I'm your host, Kevin Borba. And joining me today again is Josh Newberg. Josh, I appreciate you for coming on. Um, you started up the locals a little bit with your your latest episode yesterday and talking about Colorado spring game. So we're going to discuss that. We're going to talk about Coach Prime's transfer portal tactics. And then we're going to talk about how he's going to be able to either retain people or not retain top recruits um, later in the episode. But before we do, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Bus your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Okay, Josh, without further ado, uh, thank you for coming on before we dive in again. Um, yesterday, you released an episode of your podcast where you discussed how the spring game didn't go as Coach Prime likely hoped um, in terms of landing recruits or transfers. Um, would you like to kind of elaborate and explain uh, to the people that were so riled up about your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of disappointed to hear Buffalo fans took it that way. I, I hope they're not screenshotting this, and I hope they're actually they're they're giving you the full click here for for this video. But where were those Colorado fans? Because we talk about Buffaloes or Coach Prime. I'd say I do two shows a week, so maybe once every other week we talk about Dion and what he's got going on, and the recruits coming to campus, and the visitor list, and. Usually the people in the comment section are mad at me for talking about Dion and hyping him and saying that, you know, I have no idea what I'm talking about spending this much time on Colorado. So where are those fans every other week when I'm when I need them in the comment section? But no, but I can explain. I think it's worth talking about here. And first and foremost, we got to understand that I do a recruiting show. So I was what we talked about was the spring game from a recruiting perspective. And I did do a deep dive on the, the SEC caliber recruits that were on campus. I asked if Williams Winery will be this year's Cormani McLean, because I think he's the most gettable number one player at their position that Dion has in his focus. I went down, you know, you got Dylan Rayle at quarterback. You got Jared Gibson, number one running back. You have Ryan Wingo, the number one wide receiver. And if you look at it, the one number one player, that I think Dion really has a shot at is Williams Winery, who is on campus. Uh, the number one cornerback in the country is already committed to Georgia. Um, so if he's going to pull a Cormani McLean, I, I, I explained how I think it's going to be Williams Winery. But ultimately, why did I call the spring game a disappointment for Colorado from a recruiting perspective? It's because they lost a commitment from Jawad Johnson. And, mm -hmm. and it's not just any commitment. Here's a kid who was kind of the face of the class for bucking the rest of the SEC to pick Colorado. He spurned in in-state LSU Tigers, uh, the Florida Gators. He had just visited Gainesville and, and they were recruiting him hard and he committed to Colorado. And that was the recruit that Dion and the staff could point to when in other SEC battles and say, look at what Jawan Johnson did. Look at the decision that he made to come here under these over these other SEC powers. He's coming to build something special. I also talk a lot about my show about the importance of visits and following the visit. Usually if you follow the visits, it'll take you to the commitment. I've covered recruiting for over 15 years. It's kind of crazy to think that a recruit, you're, you're the face of your class right now, 
took a visit only to decommit. I mean, it usually goes the other way around. Or it wouldn't be a surprising if Juwan Johnson did something like show up to the LSU game on Saturday rather than the Colorado spring game. And then he decommits. Like, for him to go visit Boulder, that was a – that was a very rare situation, something that you don't see all the time. And uh, I said in the video, for those that screenshot it and didn't watch it, I said in the video that I think that I, – or I don't think it's a big deal that they didn't get any commitments. I know how recruiting goes, especially at the highest level where Dion's trying to recruit. You don't tell these elite kids when they're going to commit. They tell you when they're going to commit, and most of them are on a timetable – that's months from now when it comes to making a decision. So I wasn't judging the spring game from a recruiting perspective based on commitments. I've seen that happen before. There will be guys at the Colorado spring game that end up signing with the Buffaloes. It doesn't mean anything more if they commit today than if they commit in December. But the reason it was a disappointment is because they lost a very important commitment that was actually on campus. So kind of a weird weekend, but in a way it was disappointing. Yeah, and I think especially, too, from the outside perspective, people saw all of these recruits coming to Colorado, and obviously the two major headlines right now are all of the guys leaving in the transfer portal and then Jawan Johnson um, backing off his commitment, which honestly, and I thought this could be an issue, too, and I don't know if it had a factor, but it was snowing. It was cold. Um, it also, I don't think people realize when you fly into Boulder, uh, you, you can't fly into Boulder. You fly into Denver, which is like 45 minutes away. Um, Jawan is from Louisiana, um, which obviously is not a stone's throw away from Colorado. So maybe like uh, your guest said, there could have been like a transportation issue that they just didn't appreciate. They drove. Or they drove. they drove. Even 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 worse. You know, I drove from California to Connecticut and will never drive again. Um, but that's a that's not a, a quick drive either. And so the snow maybe had a factor. Maybe he just didn't see himself as a fit there anymore um and he's scheduled to visit florida this weekend um which is another notable tweet that went out i saw all of his tweets that were the the mysterious one where he's looking on the colorado like backdrop and about how this is how you know your decision's right or something right yeah he, he thanked god for confirming his decision now he wasn't exactly alluding to what his decision was but I took it as a confirmation of his commitment to Colorado. I took it. He put that tweet out at 9.30 p.m. on Saturday evening. We mm. laid out this timeline on the inside scoop. If you screenshot it, you wouldn't know. But he tweeted this out at 9.30 p.m. on Saturday night, essentially, to me, confirming his decision. Yeah. At, 8.30, at 8.25 p.m. on Sunday, 23 hours later, he decommitted from Colorado. That's that's weird. And even if weird. you go back some more tweets, I don't know. I don't know the timeline exactly, but he was posting pictures with Cordell. Um, he was just excited to be at Colorado. He was posting his um, visit photos, which, mind you, Josh, all their visit photos, like every single recruit was there that was there. Uh, they all posted their pictures at like Friday at like 1130 PM. I was like, what are we doing? I was like, I was like, everybody's at school right now. Um, but before we move on, baseball is back and there's grand slams, no hitters and double plays. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel America's number one sports book. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first, first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on sign up. 
place your first bet and go to up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Aaron Judge hitting a home run. Shohei Otani hitting a home run or strikeouts. He does it all. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Okay, we talked about Colorado spring game, why it wasn't the biggest success in terms of recruiting. Um, let's talk about their transfer portal tactics. Um, I think a lot of people are overreacting to this because one, I don't know if they fully paid attention to coach primes. I'm bringing my own baggage and it's Louie statement. Uh, I thought, I think a lot of people thought that was a joke. Um, it obviously mm-hmm. was not a joke. Um, I think that was his nice way of sell- telling last year's roster to please leave. And then I also think that they had some hard conversations over the weekend about what players current roles are and where they see them with the team. And so we've seen, I think the number's got to be at 20 by now. Um, it's 46 players total um, have entered the portal since Coach Prime has taken over. And I think it's been 20 within the past two days or so. Um, do you think this tactic of just bringing in all these transfers is going to work? And is it sustainable? Or is it just a one-year thing? I view, I look at this, I was talking to a, uh, a college football coach yesterday and we were kind of just batting around some theories or ideas of what's going on. And I really look at it as kind of like a science experiment. None of this has ever been done before. Um, and I also think how much risk is involved because this team won one game last year. So if you're getting rid of the entire roster of a one win team, you know, what's really the risk? Um, do I think it's sustainable? I mean, no, I don't think that Dion's strategy is to flip the roster every year with 40 transfers. I don't think that's sustainable or I don't think that's the plan. Um, mm. Do I think that this is good for the roster? Um that's kind of where I just sit back and I don't really make any judgments right now because if I, the way I look at it is you're kicking a bunch of mid-tier players out of the, I shouldn't say kicking out. Okay. A bunch of mid-tier players are leaving the program. And when I look in the transfer portal outside of a few names, I see more mid-tier guys in the portal than not. I mean, everybody entering the portal right now for the most part, is battling for like a third or fourth spot on the depth chart. I don't see too many guys in the two deep. Now there are a few like Bear Alexander just went to USC and some of the premier programs are hunting some of the, these very few guys, but it kind of feels like unless now maybe Dion has something in his back pocket that I don't know about. And I'm, and I'm, that's a real possibility, but from what I see, there's just not a lot of great talent out there. So I don't, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to get real excited for the binge, uh, meaning if you're going to get excited about all these players leaving and say that that's good for the program, you better be excited just as excited for the haul that's coming in because you got to replace these guys with somebody. And right now, I don't know if there's, if there's bona fide upgrades to everybody that's leaving. Now, yes, a lot of guys that are in the portal probably shouldn't be playing at Colorado and can't play for another Pac-12 team, period. But there are some players that I look at and I think, I don't know if Colorado's roster is better with or without this guy. Yeah, and I think one thing, important aspect of the guys leaving too, outside of the 46 guys that have left, and we'll go based off the 20 that I've left recently, only two really had a chance to start. And they're both receivers, Jordan Tyson and Montana Limonius Craig, who I literally wrote about having the best spring day of everybody. Um, I guess he used their spring game the best way you could boost his value now he has over 20 offers from sec programs big 10 programs he's out there but the rest of the guys were not in the two deep the rest of the guys were kind of in-betweeners that were just hoping to 
maybe carve out a larger role. Um, I do think the coach prime strategy in the portal is interesting though, because he's targeting a lot of um, not FCS guys, but group of five guys. Like there's old dominion uh, defense alignment that he's after. There's, Florida State obviously is in the power five, but he's going after some of their not so stronger linebackers or defensive end guys. And so, yeah, Brendan Gant. Brendan yeah. Gant was a guy that could never really find a position there. Uh, very talented recruit coming out of high school. They tried him at safety, they tried him at linebacker, kind of a tweener, undersized, fighting for that third or fourth spot on the roster for FSU. And there was another guy, Derek McClendon. I think he's mm. somebody that was battling for a, a, you know, a second spot on Florida State's roster. So, there are some players, but you just wonder You wonder if the strategy is going to pay off. And, and I'm not saying I'm doubting him, and I'm certainly not saying that he's doing the wrong thing because I think this is a big science experiment. One, we've never seen a coach like Coach Prime, and we've never seen a time like college football is in right now where you can flip a roster in one year. So I don't, I don't know. He's doing something that's never been done, and I'm just trying to kind of sit back and watch it and not make too many judgments on it. And he's kind of, in a way, backed himself into a corner because now they went from, at the start of the spring game, they had, I believe, eighty, technically 85 people on scholarship, maybe 86. Now they're at 71. So they, they have to bring in at least 10 to 15 people to get that number up to 80, uh, 85. And so there's going to be a lot of transfers coming in, whether it's from the JUCO level or whether it's from uh, the rest of college football. So it'll be interesting to see... Um, if it works out, um, I think having a lot of like a hodgepodge of talent and can make it confusing in terms of figuring out who's going to start. Uh, I definitely think that they're going to have a challenging fall camp where not only are they trying to integrate a whole new system to a lot of these guys, but they have to host a ton of position battles, which makes everything that much more complicated um, because you got guys learning, you got guys competing. And it's like, oh, by the way, we're still trying to put together a coherent football team. So it'll be interesting to see if they could pull it all together. Um, guys, if you're a fan of the NFL draw, NFL draft locked on's got just the thing for you locked on's NFL mock draft is special is here and it's bigger than ever follow all follow along all 32 teams first pick in a six episode ultimate mock draft experience only locked on can deliver all episodes are available now on locked on on NFL draft on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast just like us over here at locked on bus we're available wherever you get your podcast okay so we've talked about his ability to attract tension but what is coach prime's what does he need to do to be able to retain this top attention? You mentioned Williams, Nowerny, um, Cormani McLean, obviously he got even the top defensive back at Georgia. I, I imagine he's going to push until the very end. Um, what does he need to do to retain this uh, talent? Because I think it's one thing to be like, okay, we had, cause I think he said after the game, there were 70 visitors at the spring game, which was transfers and recruits combined. Um, that's a lot. It's a big number. It's cool. Um, obviously you're not taking in all 70 people. And so what does he have to do to kind of, make sure these guys stay in Boulder short term. I think it's points of contact right now. We're in the evaluation period. So you're going to see the assistant coaches hit the road uh, for spring practice. They're going to go out and see their top targets from coast to coast. And I think right now it's just one establishing that face-to-face -face relationship, but also locking down summer plans. So you want to send your coaches out with the intention of not only going to see these guys, but also solidify their plans to make it back to campus for summer. I know Colorado is going to have a couple one day events. They're going to have a seven on seven. They'll probably do like most teams do some sort of elite day where they try to get their, their top targets all on campus for a camp or a cookout or something. So I think really just maintaining those points of contact, they did a great job of getting 
guys on campus without usually official visits. Now, yeah, Aaron Butler was on campus from Calabasas over the weekend, but he was the only official visitor. So Colorado has a ton of official visits to use. They'll try to get a lot of prospects on campus in the summer. And then if those prospects come back in the summer, they're more likely to come back in the fall for a game. And that is what sets you up to make a final push in November, December, and January. Um, Long-term, how does Prime continue this? It's winning. They're only going to give you the benefit of the doubt for so long before it comes down to what you're doing on the field. And I think Coach Prime's project here at Colorado, I think, you know, he'll definitely get the benefit of the doubt this year all the way through signing day. Year two, depending on what he does. I mean, if they come out and they win six games in year one, I think for sure he'll have the momentum to carry into year two with the same kind of tenacity that they're using on the recruiting trail right now. So short term, kind of keep up those points of contact, make sure you're getting your recruits to return to campus as many times as you can before their decision. And then long term, you just got to win ball games. Comes down to winning. Do you think, and I think this is something that I was pondering on Saturday. Do you think the support from the fan base kind of makes Colorado a little more appealing um, than people realize? Uh, obviously to sell out a spring game for a team that went one and 11 last year and on ESPN, do you think that helps at all? It definitely shows the commitment the fan base has to the football program. If they put something interesting on the field, you know, a one win pro team doesn't bring the fans out. That's not a shocker, but getting Dion on campus. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it, I think it legitimizes the program. It shows that if we do come here and we do win, we will have full support. And I think that's all you can really ask for in your first spring game. The fans aren't going to really, prove much more than that i mean showing up in full force in the snow on espn it was pretty awesome to see i I think everybody whether you're a prime lover whether you're a coach prime hater i think everybody tuned in at the beginning just to see what the hype was about so yeah all that attention does help in recruiting and i think that having a packed stadium only kind of solidifies the fact that like hey colorado's here they're not going anywhere and if we win just imagine what we can do with this place yeah, and the spring game was interesting, too, because it didn't start off. It wasn't like a full football game. Like there was moments of the game where they were doing seven on seven drills and like mm-hmm. positional offensive line, defensive line drills. And so people were still intrigued. Um, there there was a snowball fight that did break out in the student section. But other than that, everybody was very much intrigued. Um, I think and you could comment on this after, too. I think there's going to be two challenges that Coach Prime faces in recruiting. One, there's always going to be guys like a Jawan Johnson who, which I don't know if this is the case yet, but the SEC is going to come calling to some guys. And some guys, they have produced the most NFL draft or first round picks in the past, I think it's like 17 years or whatever. Um, the SEC is just a talent for the NFL, a pool for the NFL, excuse me. And guys just think there's more prestige there and they're not wrong. And then two, I think the other issue is going to be how good can his team be right away and how good can he kind of sell to people that they're going to be, even if they're not good. Because obviously if they struggle, um, I think that'll be his biggest challenge because even at Jackson State, he was winning right away. So what do you think? It doesn't it, – it, it makes the climb uphill a lot tougher if if you're not winning. And winning's mm-hmm. relative, right? I mean, I'm it, winning at um, Oklahoma compared to Colorado, the expectations are different in year one. So when I say winning, I mean getting this thing turned around, getting the forward momentum cranked up. I don't think Dion needs to go out there and win eight to ten games – 
for him to continue to recruit at a high level. Like I said, he has to show some form momentum, some sort of improvement, which I think he will. I mean, it's not hard to do with a one-win team, but there's a lot of question marks still because we can't see the full picture. I think that's why I have a lot, and I'm not saying I have, I'm not doubting this, but clearly I cannot see the full picture because with 20 guys leaving after the spring game, whatever we thought we saw on the field, like Dion said, and he, and he has warned us several times, the team that we play in Texas, the team that we field when we go to play our first game in Texas will not look like this. So, so we got to just sit here and kind of like say, okay, that was, that was, that was a decent performance, but we got to assume that it's going to look better than what it looked like. So I'm excited to see who they pick up. Um, I'm, I don't know if it's guys that are actually in the portal right now or names that haven't even hit yet, but I'm still excited to see how they fill out this roster. Yeah. And I think my biggest takeaway from the spring was nobody got injured. The offense looked good and which, I mean, that's all you could ask for in a spring game. Um, your offense looking good. And then the defense like didn't look terrible, um, which is a win considering they had five defensive linemen and the, the secondary was fine. Um, but yeah, I think they have a lot to to kind of we don't know at all like i talked to mark johnson yesterday and he's the voice of colorado football he's the announcer and he says that he's still learning the roster and he's like the hardest part about learning the roster is he knows that some of the guys that he's talking to are not going to be on the team anymore and no, so no it's, a cra- it's a crazy thing that we're kind of i think the closest thing we saw to this was last year i guess with usc but even then they were still retaining players from the previous roster they were just adding to it and not filtering out as many ta- as much talent and so Colorado is going to be a completely different team. Um, and I even wrote about it over at Athlon yesterday. Coach Prime literally told the players last week. He said, he show up to the spring game, practice this practice this whole week really hard, show up to the spring game, and play your best. And if you don't fit here, I'll do my best to help you find a new school. And so I think people are just shocked by the number. Um, do you think we'll ever see, depending on how this goes, and I don't know if any other coach in college football has the ability to flip a roster like this, but do you think we'll ever see a coach try to just – overhaul roster with like 50 transfers no i don't think so i think we might see it i mean i could see a scenario where maybe like 50 kids leave 50 players leave the team because they're upset or something but i don't think a scenario like this where and it's depending who you talk to because you know i talked to some coaches who behind the scenes are telling me that these some of these players are getting cut but then you talk to other people and they say that this is like a revolt they don't want to play for dion i I think the truth somewhere in the middle. I think definitely some players are being told like, Hey, you're not going to play here. If you want to play elsewhere, you need to hit the portal. But I also think maybe there are some players that don't necessarily like the way that the team's being coached and they're leaving as well. So I think it's kind of a mix. Um, but I don't think, but I think Dion welcomes it all, right? Like I think Dion doesn't care if you're leaving for whatever reason, he sees it as like, well, you're not meant to be here and I'll find somebody that is meant to be here. So I don't think a lot of coaches will have that same mentality, but a lot of coaches aren't Deion Sanders and a lot of coaches aren't taking uh, control of a one-win program that might need a purge. Yeah, and honestly, it's kind of funny you said that some guys are revolting and not wanting to play for him. He he supported all the guys that played in the spring game. He's kind of tweeted in their support. But the guys that left prior to the spring game that week he kind of made a comment after the game too and he was like it was telling what kind of character they have um mm-hmm. that they left a few days before the spring game so coach prime yeah, yeah. I, he it, has it's a, really weird 
he has his methods and we'll find out if they work. Um, Josh, I appreciate you coming on. You guys can find him over at on three covering recruiting for everything all around the country. Um, Josh, plug your show before we go. Absolutely. The inside scoop, it airs every Monday and Thursday. This week we talk Colorado Thursday. I don't know what we're going to talk. Maybe it'll be Colorado again. We'll see. I haven't written the show yet, but you guys tune in and subscribe to the on three YouTube page. Yes, please do subscribe there. Subscribe here. Share our podcast. Make sure to share with a friend, a family, your dog. I don't care. Just make sure someone's listening or watching. We appreciate you guys. Josh, I appreciate you for coming on. See you guys tomorrow. See ya.